0: here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30 30 years in ministry. To get. First Thessalonians 5 17 pray now he told you how to pray pray without season but the key word is pray so that's why I want to do is shout it out we just get out early this morning and begin to shout it out this morning pray because that's what it's all about whatever situation you find yourself in pray First Whatever you're going through this morning, pray. Regardless of what you're going through, pray. That's what God wants from us. Amen. No more murmuring, no more complaining. Prayer. It's time for the church to pray. We've been watching this country, been watching everything going on around us. It's time out for just watching now. It's time out for just complaining and murmuring, time out for just talking, it's time to pray. And that's what we're going to talk about this week and probably again next week. And who knows how long, because that's what God said to me, pray. That's what God told me to do. No more worry, no more stress, no more what I should do, what's going on. One word, pray. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you right now. Holy Spirit, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your great salvation. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your angels, your ministering spirits. Thank you for everything. And Lord, today we come to you in prayer. Prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Thank you for living inside of us. And thank you for giving us the authority and the power In this earth realm. We don't have to sit by and watch things happen. We can make things happen. Because the church prayed. And I'm going to show you. This is how God gets it done. In the earth realm. He get it done through his body. Through his body means you have to have the Holy Spirit. Father we give you the praise in Jesus name. And the church said amen. Well if you have the Holy Spirit pray. Let me show you what God gave you, the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans, the book of Romans, chapter number 8. Watch what the Apostle Paul say when God gave you the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter number 8. And we want to go over and look at uh, Romans chapter number 8. We're going to start reading verse 14. Romans 8 14. You are children of God. Watch this. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. They are the sons of God. You are sons of God. I'm talking to people who are sons of God. I'm talking about the one who have the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about church membership. I'm talking about you have the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, you have not received the Spirit of abundance again, to feel, but you have received, here it is, the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You have the Holy Spirit, God is your Father. And if you God is your Father, then your heirs, your you're heirs of God, you're joint heirs with Christ, and the Bible says, if so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us, But I want to get to the part what Paul got into talking about in verse 26. I want to give you that, but let's go down to verse 26 because that's what I really want to talk about. It's what the Holy Ghost, likewise the Spirit. Now all of that's good, but I got to get to my point. Likewise the Spirit also, the Holy Ghost. Why the Holy Ghost in us? Helpeth our infirmities. Now, why is he here in us? helpeth our infirmities. Now, we're not talking about the Holy Ghost on you. We're talking about the Holy Ghost in you. The Holy Ghost helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Bible says, but the Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost himself maketh intercessions. The Holy Ghost himself maketh intercessions." Watch this. For us. The Holy Ghost prays for us. With groaning which cannot be uttered. The Holy Ghost prays for us. Now remember that. You got to understand that. The Holy Ghost in you prays for you. That's why you have to pray. You got to pray. The more you pray, the more he'll pray for you and the more he'll pray through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now, once again, pray. First Thessalonians 5, 17 told us to pray. Now, I want to get into some things because uh, who, who do we... Let's go to 1 Timothy. Let's walk through some things. 1 Timothy. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 1 through 7. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 through 7. I'm reading still out the King James Version. It said, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications and prayers and intercessions, giving of thanks. Watch this. Prayer be made for all men. God told us, the church, to pray for all men. That's the first thing. So you want to be able to look at somebody and say, pray for all men. That's what you got to do. Pray for everybody. Regardless they save or not save, pray for them. When you see the enemy is trying to use somebody against you, against this country, against your business, against anything, pray. You have the power to change things. Let me say that again. The church has the power to change things. Thing. God said to me when he gave me this message, he says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now he gave me that in 1 John 4.4. 4. Great is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I told you that already. All right, But we got to pray. I'm not done with 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Watch what it says. Who to pray for? In verse number 2, he said, pray for all men. Now, verse 2 says, for kings. In our, in our country, we have a president, we have congressmen, we have senators. Pray for kings, pray for all that's in authority. Pray for, all, pray for mayors, pray for governors, pray for police officers, pray for all people that's in authority. Why did he say do that? That we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. God said, we have to pray for people in authority that we may live a quiet and peaceful life. See, that's what happened in the day of Daniel. Remember, I gave you Daniel. I gave you also Moses. People, Paul, the apostle Paul, why were these people so great a people of prayer? Because they were living in a time where their rulers and kings were not saved. And Paul and, and the disciples, they want to be able to live a quiet peace of a life. So how were they going to do it? They had to pray for those people who was in authority. It's our responsibility is to pray for them. You got to understand God's will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I believe that's how Israel got out of captivity during the days of Daniel. Because Daniel was a man of prayer. And if we'll pray, things will change. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to the body of Christ. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking to you. But if you got the Holy Spirit, then you can pray and God will change things if you'll pray. We got to pray, all right? Watch what Paul says again. 1 Timothy 2 and 2 said, pray for kings, pray for all that's in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Watch what he says in verse 3. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who would have all men to be saved. Did you hear what he says? God wants every man to be saved. See, when you pray, God will take over. Let me say it again. When you pray, God will take over. you got to be able to put the things in God's hand, and you do that when you pray. We will have all men to be saved. And here's how they're going to be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Man cannot be saved until he come to the knowledge of the truth. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 30. Matter of fact, let's go there. John chapter 8 and verse 30. We're going to go back and show you. They got to come to the knowledge of the truth. Until a man is preached the truth, he can't be saved. That's why I gave you this morning Ephesians 1. I gave you that this morning, see? Let's go, to, let's go to John chapter 8 and verse 30. I gave you Ephesians 1.13 this morning, verse 14. You had to believe the word, Ephesians 1.13 and 14. You had to believe the word, but you couldn't believe the word until you first heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. After you heard the word, you believed the word, then God gave you the Holy Spirit. That's how he worked. You got to hear the word, believe the word. All right, now John chapter 8, verse 30. Watch what he said. And he spake these words, many believed on him. Then Jesus said to those Jews, watch this, that believed on him. He's talking to those that believed on him. He said, look, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples. Why would he say if you continue? Because Paul is coming next. They had to continue. See, they didn't know the truth yet. The truth had not been preached yet until Paul came. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then it says, and they answered, We be Abraham's seed and were never in abundance to any man. How sayest thou you got to be made free? Now you remember when Paul, when, when, when Paul preached Romans chapter number 6, 7, 8, he told him you had to be made free from sin. You had to be made free from sin. All right, you got to be made free. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say to you, whosoever committed sin that will commit me, serveth. Whoever serves sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son forever. Therefore I said to you, you shall be made free. They had to be made free. You shall be free indeed. They had to be made free. Now let's, let's, go, let's go to Romans 7. See, you have to understand, they couldn't be free until they were made free. The only way you're going to get free of sin... You had to be made free. Romans chapter 7. And verse number 7. Romans chapter 7. They had to be made free. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said thou should not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence for without the law, sin was dead. I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained the life I found to be under death. Sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it slew me. So when you read chapter 6, back up to chapter 6, and verse numbers 3. Let's back back there. Romans 6 and 3 showed you had to be, de- they had to be, you got to be dead to sin. Well, you're not dead to sin until you're in Christ. In Christ, you made a lie to God. In Christ, you're now dead to sin. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized in his death? He's not talking about water. And that's what the Spirit did, put you in Christ. Therefore, we are bearing with him by baptism, spirit baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Watch this. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin. Verse number 7 is what I want you to see. He that is dead is freed from sin. That's what God wanted to happen in their life and in your life. To free you from sin. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's why you gotta preach to the people the word of truth. Alright? The word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. Now let's go on to Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6 shall we? Somebody shout out prayer. Somebody shout out pray. Pray. Because that's what we're about today. It's all about praying. Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to start reading verse number 6. Philippians 4, 6 said, be careful for nothing. This is what God said to us as a believer. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer. He told us how to get it done. In everything by prayer. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God told us to do one thing, and that's pray. Pray. Sure, he told us about worship and praise, and but listen, here he told you to pray. God has saved you and made you a new creation. Now you got to change this, what's going on in this earth. You got to change what's going on in your city. You got to change what's going on in your state. You got to change what's going on in your country. How are you going to do it, pastor? You're going to pray. That's how you're going to do it. You can change what's going on in your life. Pray, change what's going on. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6, because that's where I want to start off, and we're going to take off, because we're going to get somewhere. Ephesians chapter number 6, With Philippians just going to go back with one chapter. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, we talked about this morning, put on the whole arm of God. Let's show you why. And we told you, on the whole, whole arm of God is the same as. Be filled with the Spirit. Put on the whole arm of God is to put on Christ. It's to renew your mind. See, all those are the same thing. I'm going to show them to you again today, too. All right? Now, frowning my brother. We already talked about it in verse number 10. Frowning my brother and be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God. But what does that mean, Pastor? We're about put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me show you that before I go any further. 2nd Corinthians chapter number 13. And watch what Paul told him. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Romans. I said Corinth. Romans, I'm sorry. Romans 13, 14. Looking right at it here. Romans. Then we go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Got time. Going to wait on you. Romans chapter 13. And verse 14, just one verse. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when God tells you to put on the whole arm of God, he's talking about Christ. You put on Christ. That means the Holy Spirit got to put you in Christ. So when somebody tells you you get water baptized and put you in Christ, hey, you've been deceived. That's all I can keep saying to you. Hopefully one day you'll get it, but you have been deceived. No man can put you in Christ. The Bible said, therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, are you going to tell me you can baptize me in water in Jesus' name and make me a new creature? You know what? You are better than God because my Bible told me that God created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, if God created all things by Jesus Christ, then God had to create me. Well, if God created me, how did it happen? It happened by his spirit. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's why only God's word, the word of truth, and the Holy Spirit will make you a new creation. All right, so remember, let's go back to Ephesians 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand. Now, this is very important because you're going to have to be able to stand against, watch this, principalities, powers, rulers of the dark of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what's going on in your country. Let me say it again. I'm telling you what's going on in your country. How are you going to stop it? Body of Christ. How did Daniel stop what was going on in his day? How did the children of Israel stop what's going on in their day when they were in Egypt? How did Jonah stop what's going on when he was in the whale's belly? How did Moses... See, you got to understand. Everybody... In the Old Testament, they learned how to pray. God used them to pray. You're the body of Christ. God has given everything into your hands. He has given us his power. He has given us his words. He's given us his Holy Spirit. So when things are not going right in the earth, we have to change it. Of course, we need to do physical things like get out and vote. We need to do that. But listen, don't forget what your strongest weapons are. And one of them is prayer. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 6. First, in verse 11, it said, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's God's Righteousness. You put on Christ so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. But he's not done. Because he said in verse number 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means you can't see your enemy. You wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the dark of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now let me read that out of the NLT. We are read Ephesians 6. And we're going to start reading with verse 10. So you've got to understand, that's why when you preach the truth, it's how you stop lies. Let me say it again. How do I stop lies? i got to preach the truth. After this, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now remember, I'm reminding you so you can remind me about action. All right. So after this, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to start reading verse 3. But we're we're doing Ephesians 6 out of the NLT first. And Paul says in verse 10, so once again, how do you stop lies? You got to have the truth. What do you think we are wrestling against in this earth realm today, especially in this country, lies? So you got to be able to speak truth. When somebody tell you a lie, you got to be able to say, no, this is the truth. And what do truth do? Destroy the lie. So why do you have to preach Christ? If you don't preach Christ, how you know Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. So you got to preach Christ to destroy the lie that the enemy have told the people. Watch this. We are reading out the NLT. Are you ready? Ephesians 6 and 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now we told you this morning what is mighty power. We're not done, but love is God's mighty power. We know it's his word, but it's also his love. His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. So you'll be able to, to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. See, what are, what are his strategies? What are his tricks? Lies. Deception. See, you have to be, you have to be able to stand against this stuff. Watch what it says. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. And I want to say that to you here. We are not fighting against flesh and blood anymore. You got to hear me what I'm saying. You are not fighting against flesh and blood no more. You are fighting against evil rulers, authorities of unseen world, the authority of unseen world. Evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You are fighting against mighty powers in the dark world. You're fighting against people who are in darkness trying to overthrow your country. Witches, sorcerers, false prophets that are trying to overthrow your country. You must understand it's time to pray. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. People are telling you they're Christian and they're they're workers of the devil. And they'll tell you they're Christians. They're going on in the banner of Christianity, saying they're saved, believing the same God you believe in and they're evil workers. The devil is empowering them. Ephesians chapter number 6. Watch what the Word of God says. We are reading out the NLT, And verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Put on Christ so you'll be able to resist the evil in this time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be still standing firm. Then you hear what I said? I said after this battle is over, the church will be still standing firm. Watch what it says. Stand your ground. Hallelujah. Come on, stand your ground. Come on, stand your ground. It's time to stand up now for what you believe. It's time to stand up for what you believe. You don't let anybody come in and take your country away. Take your freedom away. Freedom to praise. Freedom to pray. Freedom to go to church. What you think this virus has done has taken away your freedom to go to church on Sunday. It's time to pray. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. And the body armor of God's righteousness. Shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. See, people are not saved. You got to get dressed to fight in this battle. I know you want to be able to fight and praise God, but if you're not saved, you can't be walking around here talking about no baptism in water in Jesus' name. You got to put on Christ. You got to make sure you got the spirit of a living God. You got to make sure you're washed in the blood of Christ. But one thing I like about this God we serve. One can chase a thousand. Two can put 10,000 to flight if I, if I can get an amen out of some corner. So God don't have this. When Jesus Christ came here, he chose 12 men. He said one of them is a the devil. So if God got some people that's gonna pray in the body of Christ, listen, we are victorious. I'm telling you right now, before it even get out there, good, we already got the victory. We are victorious. Watch what the word says. Put on the whole arm of God. Put on the peace that comes from the good news. Verse sixteen. You'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fire arrows of the the devil. So every time this word came out and they numbered lies and stuff, you got to hold up the spirit of faith. You got to hold up the shield of faith. Quench all them fiery dots of the wicked. You got to be able to say the devil is lying. You got to be able to say, look, that's a lie. It's time out to cut off the soap opera. It's time out to leave Generous Hospital by the Christ. It's time out to leave the old movie that everybody on them is, is dead. It's time to pray. It's time for you to pray. It's time for you to stand up with the whole arm of God and say, No devil, no devil, no devil will take this from me not taking my children, not taking my old mother my old daddy because they're old, not gonna kill them with viruses and sickness and disease, no, you're not taking my children, you're not taking my family, you're not taking my job, you're not taking my country, you better stand up and pray. Time out for sitting around on the couch. It's time to get in the game. Look at somebody and say, get in the game. Put your armor on. This is what happened back there when you had World War I and World War II. Democracy is at stake. Let me say it again. Democracy is at stake. Why you think we came to this country Because we were looking for democracy. Where we wasn't ruled by a man, where we were not under slavery, where every man could have something of his own. Don't sit by and let somebody take everything you got. It's time to pray. Watch what he says. Ephesians chapter 6. Put on salvation. Hold up the shield of faith, verse 16, to stop the fire arrows of the devil. Put on salvation. That's Christ. As your helmet take the word of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You got you to understand something. The word of God is coming forth at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock here. Plus, after this, Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to put on podcasts. You got to stop saying, oh, I already heard that. Listen, there's no more, I already heard it. You got to have the word to live. It's time for you to take your podcast and go back over, renew your mind, be filled the Spirit, giving thanks to the Father. It's time for you to get back into the word of God on a daily basis. Your country's at stake. Your children's lies are at stake. It's time for you to get up and begin to pray and stop waiting on somebody else to do it. You got the Spirit, you are already in the game. Let me say it again. If you got the Holy Spirit, you are already in the game. You got to pray. You gotta stop sitting around talking. You gotta stop sitting around and say, Look, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. We don't have no unemployment. Look what they're doing. Nobody was signing unemployment. Look what they're doing. I'm telling you, it could change. That can change. You talk about a man won't sign the unemployment paper. The unemployment paper has already been signed by Congress. It's laying on the Senate desk. It's time for you to pray. And what's God? What's God? God will speak to a man at night, and he'll come to the White House in the night in his pajamas and sign them papers. You got to pray. Pray. Don't tell me what God won't do. God will do it if you'll pray. But you cannot be living a shabby life. You got to have the Holy Spirit. You got to have your blood, the blood of Christ on your loins. You got to have a name of Jesus in your mouth. You got to have the word of God in your heart speaking the word of truth. You got to walk in the spirit. You got to walk in love. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's time to go to work. I say it's time to go to work. Well, we're going to take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God for pastor. Because verse 18 says, pray. That's what you get ready to do. We get ready to pray. Some of you are going to start praying in the spirit. I don't want to hear that message anymore. Pray in the spirit. Prayer in the spirit is a desire. You can't do it. Shut the television off. Tell God I'm not gonna watch nothing else until I learn how to pray in the spirit. I never forget one day. When I said this, I said, Look, I got to pray in the Spirit. I'm a pastor. I need to pray in the Spirit. I got all kind of ministers said, Oh, yeah, all this gibberish, this gibberish. And look, I said, Look, no, that's in the Word. The Bible said, Pray in the Spirit. He said, Pray in the Spirit. I said, Pray with the Spirit. And I said, Lord, I want to pray in the Spirit. I went out to Milford. I got in my truck or car that day and I drove to Milford. And I began to pray. I told God, I want to pray in the Spirit. I began to pray. Hara Basum Monala Baca Rotosa Hanalabacade do Bosanolama Hirara Sakata Laba Umana Labaca Sata Rokula Romoda Namana Labaca Satalaba or all the way this work when I'm on my way to church this morning, on my way to church, five thirty. Praying in the spirit, head out of my sock. Rama mana hukata shaka rondo lo mo sando lo boko sa rapa kara ba se de lo mo sande lo boko. Rama nana bakasa bororo boko sikara da sande lo boko. Yeah, you can pray in the spirit. When God gave you the Holy Ghost, ask Him, let Him know, Father, I thank You right now for me praying in the spirit. Spend some time with God. You gotta spend time with God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, we are in the NLT. Pray in the spirit at all times. Hallelujah. Pray in the spirit at all times. This ain't no game. And Paul says, and on every occasion, stay alert, be persistent in your prayers. That word "persistent" is consistent. Be consistent in your prayers. If you shouldn't pray this morning, well, I prayed this morning. Well, I prayed last night. That's not the attitude of a Christian. That's how church folks sound. That's this is how church folks sound. Before we had the pandemic, well, I was here at 11 o'clock service. I was here at 9 o'clock service. I might be there at 9. I may be. See, you are not even consistent in your church worship. Sunday is for you to come here and worship and start worrying about I was here at 9 o'clock and I won't be here at 11. That's where most Christians are. They come to church at 9 o'clock and they get up and go home and watch TV the rest of the day. Get up at nine o'clock and they go to the park the rest of the day. And then they turn around and sing, this is the day, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Well, why are you not here all day? you singing this is the day, but you won't stay but one service. How many times you been to church and stayed for two services? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. How many times have you made it to church on time for one service? See, that's the problem. We want to go to church when we get ready, late every Sunday. And he said, The Lord would understand. Matter of fact, we say you understand it by and by. You must understand something yourself. God of the Spirit, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You've got to understand something. Your service is your worship. Let me say it again. Your service is your worship. We want to go and worship God for one hour, some of us 50 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and say, I've been to church. Paul says, Ephesians 6 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Being persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Being persistent. Be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. How many believers are you praying for? There, Paul said, pray for all believers. 1 Timothy 2 1 through 7, he said, Pray for all men. You got to pray for people that are not saved. I'm quite sure you know a few that are not saved. It's no need of us keeps talking about how bad they're doing and what they're doing wrong. Pray for God to save them and deliver them from the power of Satan. Then we got to pray for believers everywhere. this is this is this is walking in love when you can pray for people everywhere not just your favorite few pray for all men pray for all believers watch what paul says ephesians 6 19 we're in the nlt and pray for me paul says i'm your leader i'm not going to ask you to show hand how many pray for me every day and they leader. I got, a, I got a man that go to this church from Jamaica. Probably listen to this broadcast. From Jamaica. Pastor, I pray for you every day, pastor. That's what he tell me. That's right. That's what he tell me. That's right. I pray for you every day, pastor. How many pray for their pastor every day? That's what Paul is asking you to do. My job is to pray for you. Your job is to pray for me. That's what it means, pray for one another. Pray one for another. When I see shortcomings in my family, in my children, in my wife, in my church, my responsibility is to pray for her. Pray for my children. Pray for my grandson. I got a grandson on that camera right there. I'm praying that he'll move a little faster. Charlie Brown. He's a football player. He's a basketball player. I'm praying for God to use him. I'm praying for my daughter. I'm praying for my my granddaughters. I got grandchildren. I got great-grandchildren. I'm praying for them. God has blessed us with grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Praying for them. Daughters, granddaughters. Don't have great-granddaughters yet. Got one coming. Hallelujah. See, we, we have to pray. That's going to be our granddaughter. We're praying, though. See, we are praying. Now, now watch what Paul says. As for me, too. Ask God to give me the right words. See, if you're gonna pray for me, I need the word for Sunday. I need the word for every Sunday. I need the word for every funeral. I've been doing a funeral every week. I need a message for the people. And pray for me, too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain the God's mystery plan. Paul said, pray for me that I can understand God's mystery plan. Pray for me so I can know what the Holy Ghost is saying. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. Praying for their pastor to make sure their pastor got the word and make sure their pastor is divinely taken care of, divinely washed about because of the Lord. I have divine grace. The Holy Ghost said to me when I was asking him about Taking care of me and being with me, he says, Son, I live in you. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I've been a minister for 40 years, and God is my witness. He has taken care of me and my wife for 40 years. We have never had to miss a service because of any physical ailment for 40 years. God will provide. Put that down. God will provide. Got to pray. Don't say what God won't do. Pray. Don't say what he won't do. Pray. Watch God. I believe there's some folks out there caught that this morning. Hallelujah. Watch God. Come on, tell. Say, watch God. You pray and you watch God. Some of you have been talking about unemployment. They, they won't sign the paperwork. Watch after today. Watch after today. The church today will pray and watch God. Watch God. And don't go back and say they had this in their plan. They didn't have nothing in their plan. God changed their plans. Don't tell me what God won't do. He'll pray. 2 Corinthians, where you want to go? We're going to close out there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Well, hallelujah, anyhow. Glory to God forever. 2 Corinthians, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to start reading verse 1. We're going to read out the King James. We'll stay there. No, 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 no. We'll stay with the NLT. You're already there. Let's go back. NLT. Sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll stay with the NLT. Glory to God forever. We're going to start verse number 1. Now the apostle Paul is is really defending his authority. He's letting you know where his authority comes from. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, chapter 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ. Though I realize you don't think I'm timid, you think I'm timid in person. And I'm bold only when I write far away. Well, I'm begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives Paul said yeah we are humans but we don't war or wage war against human like a human do we don't wage war like human do we use God's mighty weapons somebody say that with me we use God's mighty weapons I want you to say it with me we use God's mighty weapons Let me tell you something. When you begin to pray, you are using God's mighty weapons. God told you that. But watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 said, We use God's mighty weapon, not, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of humans. What are we doing? We're going in and get our stuff. People who are on unemployment, the line is still going and you're still telling me we don't have no money. No, no, you got some money. We're going in and get our stuff and never leave the church. Never leave the pulpit, but we go going to get our stuff. Why? Because we know how to get it done. We're going to pray. The man is evicting you putting you out in the street and you keep talking about what they're doing, what they ain't giving you. You got to know how to pray. Watch this. Paul said we are humans, but we don't wage war against humans as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. What are we going to do, Paul? Knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. Listen, we going inside the man's head now we going inside his head, not up against his head. That's physical. We're going in his head. We're going to knock down the stronghold of human reasoning. We're going to destroy false arguments. See, we get ready to tear them lies down. People are still bringing on more folk to lie for them so they can win. You can't keep sitting and listening no more. You got to get dressed. You got to get saved. And it's time for you to enter into the battle. We are human, but we don't war against human, as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. What are we doing? We are knocking down the stronghold of human reasoning. We are destroying false arguments, which are lies. We destroy every proud obstacle that keep people from knowing God. We come against it now in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We capture their rebellious thoughts. People are rebelling against God. Rebelling against God's authority. We come against it in Jesus' name. We destroy every proud obstacle that keep people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. That's what Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We got to tear them down. Casting down imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's what they do. We bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's time. For us to do what God had called us to do. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Watch what Paul says. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. and verse 8. You and 2 Corinthians. Let's go back to the first chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 8 through 11. I'm going to start reading verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Man, all this is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse, 1, verse number 3, I'm sorry. Let's go to verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. Praise God. Watch what Paul says. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now we read that for you two weeks ago. Who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abound in Christ. Verse 6, for whether we be afflicted is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the endurement of the same suffering, which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, is for your consolation and salvation. For our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partake of the suffering, you shall also be partaker of the consolation. Now this is where we want to start. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. And we were pressed out of measure, above strength. inasmuch as much as we were destined, destined, despair even of life, we thought we were going to die. We had the centers of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. Paul said, you know why this happened? So we wouldn't trust in ourselves. Paul said we went through some stuff, but we learned a lesson that we would not trust in ourselves. We're going to trust in God, who was raised in the dead. And verse 10 says, who delivered us from so great a death, and thus deliver us, in whom we trust, as saying what trust means to believe in him, that he would yet deliver us. And the verse I want you to get is verse 11. And he said, You church also, helping together, helping together by prayer for us. He's showing the church, How can you help us? You got people saying, Pastor, I don't have any money. I would give to the church to help the church in this time of a pandemic, I would help the church because I don't have the money. But how can you help? You can help us by praying. Get up and pray. You have the Holy Spirit, pray. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your leaders. Pray, pray, pray for the mothers of this church. Pray for the children of this church. They got to go back to school. They got to be in this situation. Got to go back to school. A lot of them at home trying to do their lesson. Probably a lot of them don't even know about computers. Pray, pray, pray. Time to pray. We got some people that need your prayer. We got a mother in this church, know who I'm talking about, on dialysis. You got to pray for her. She have to go into these clinics three days a week. To be put on a dialysis and live in a in in a virus community, don't know who's around her. We got older men here. We got older women here. Got to pray. You got widows here. You got widows here. Lost their husbands. Lost their wives. People who lost their family members. You got to pray. I got a brother that I've been in prayer for. His name is Gene Gutten. Gene Gutten. My brother. I got some brothers in this church very close to me. I pray for them. I pray for their wives. I pray for their family. I pray for their children. We got to pray, church. When the enemy attacked a brother, I had one of my, my brothers, Robert, been through some situations. We didn't know what was going on. But we praying. See, we are praying. You got to pray. You want God to move. You got to pray. Don't sit here and just hope God's going to move. Pray. You don't hope he's going to move. You're going to pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. That last verse. You also happen together. By prayer to God, that for the gift be bestowed. Here we're talking about that they get the, get the gift. But they'll talk about you can pray together for us. See, all through the word of God, we're going to be looking at this all through the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 by, by one. Just one verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Just one verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 all through the word of God, told you what you had to do. Wherefore, comfort yourself together. Well, how that's going to happen? He said, edify one another. Well, how am I going to do that? You're going to do it by prayer. See, you got to understand, just because you can't be around people and be with them, you're in the Spirit. You can pray for me in the Spirit and edify me. Now, this is awesome stuff. You can comfort me in the Spirit and you don't even see me because you're a person of prayer. See, you can, you can bless the Lord and don't even see Him. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it in the Spirit. That's how you can do it with believers. You don't see believers, you can, you can edify your pastor, you can comfort your pastor, your first lady, you can pray for the family, pray for the church, you can pray. And God will move. Well, it's that time already, brother. So you know about what we're going to talk about again next week. My time is up. I thank you for yours. While you're right there in 1 Thessalonians, we want you to remind you about this word. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't pray. You can't do nothing for God if you're not saved. Want to say that again? You don't have the Spirit of God, you can't do nothing for God. You can't pray for people because you don't have the Holy Spirit yourself. first, first Corinthians, first Corinthians 15, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, one through, four, through verse number four. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you. Unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and he was buried, he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. That's how you say you got to put your faith, your belief, your earth, the word of truth, put your faith in Christ's death, bury your resurrection, and God will give you the Holy Spirit. My time is up. I thank you for yours.